Well, we're, we're so glad you're with us this morning. Welcome those of you joining us online. We're glad that you're with us as well. What a week we've had at New Life since Easter, uh, Resurrection Sunday last weekend. Uh, our, our staff met all together on Monday, didn't take the day off after one of the busiest weekends, but we met together, prayed together, uh, reflected on what God did at all of our campuses and outreaches, and uh, it, it spent some time... It, it, you know, forecasting and so forth, and so we're so excited about what God is doing. Friday, uh, Pastor Brian and Pastor Trinity celebrated 11 years of, of marital marital bliss. Yes, amen. We had a family movie night at the Dream Center on Friday night. On Saturday, our South Stockton campus hosted in the, at the Van Buskirk uh, Park, uh, which is right there in the middle of the projects, a compassion store outreach in which we gave away free clothing and a special outreach to anybody in the neighborhood that came by. And what a great outreach that was. So many people were talked to and prayed for and so proud of our team and people showing up and helping. It was a wonderful, wonderful uh, morning. And then last night, of course, uh, the Modesto campus, we had our first baby dedication ever at that campus since we did this wonderful thing. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience. Uh, we had people come forward and say they want to be baptized. So we're filling the tank again next next Saturday night for a baptism. But God is doing some really neat things, and I know you're proud of your church, and I'm proud to be a part of this great church. I want to talk to you this morning if you feel like quitting. I, I want to talk to you this morning if you feel like, like, like throwing in the towel. Maybe it's your marriage. You've tried. You don't feel like there's any way that you can get it to the place that you think it should be. Maybe it's your Dream, you want to quit on your dream. You thought one day you could, one day you would, and now you think, well, it's just, there's no way. Maybe it's on a ministry that you felt like God wanted you to do, but no matter how hard you try, it just doesn't seem to come through. Maybe it's your kids. I mean, you don't want to throw them away, but you prayed, and you prayed, and you prayed, and you just don't see any way that they're going to come back to Jesus and live for him in an honorable way. Maybe it's, Maybe it's an addiction. You've tried to overcome it, and you've prayed, and you've fought, and you've dedicated, and you've rededicated, and you've tried again, but you can't seem to put the addiction behind you. Maybe you've been praying for somebody else that they'd come to faith in Jesus, but the harder you pray, the further away from God it seems like they get. Some of you might want to just throw the towel in for life because life is just, you've done everything you can do to hang in there, but it feels like it's just, it's just too much. If, if you're in one of these categories then I hope that the Lord's word will speak to you. Let me start by just reading to you from the book of Hebrews, just a verse before we pray. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 37. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. You need to persevere. You need to keep going. You need to keep on trusting. You need to keep on believing. You need to hang in there. God, we need your help with this today. I know that there are so many that feel like throwing in the towel in an area in their life. I mean, they're just barely holding onto that towel and they've got it cocked back and they're ready to toss it in the ring and say, I, I'm done and I quit. But God, I pray that you would come through for us today. Lead us and guide us by your word. Minister to us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Angela Duckworth. You ever heard of Angela Duckworth? I hadn't either. Angela Duckworth is someone who studied at Harvard and she studied at Oxford University. 
And she did some research, and the research that she did was to answer this question. Why do successful people succeed? Why do successful people succeed? So her and her team went out and they did some research in the field and they thought that they would go in to look at and observe three different categories of people to find out why these people succeeded. The first category was a famous military academy. The second category, where they went to a very challenging inner city schools. And then the third category is they went and they studied world-class spelling bee champions. Three unique categories for their research. And they wanted to find out why these cadets who went to this military school, which ones of them succeeded and which ones of them dropped out first. And they wanted to know why. Why did some succeed? And I mean, they all got in. They were all cream of the crop people, but why did some succeed and some fail, some quit? Then they went to these inner city schools and they wanted to find the teachers who were successful and with the distance and they wanted to find the teachers who had caved and quit before the end of the semester. And then they went to look at these fifth grade brilliant kids, and they wanted to observe them, and these are kids that can spell words that have 72 letters in them. All of them were very, very talented and very, very smart, equally so, but some of them would rise to the top, and Others of them would cave under the pressure and they wanted to know why. They were not not making judgments. They were just trying to study the why do some people succeed and other people don't. And what they discovered was this. It wasn't what they expected. It wasn't the IQ, the intelligence quotient that mattered, but instead it was actually the AQ, the adversity quotient. That matter. Now, maybe you've never heard of AQ before. I had recently been studying this, and that's how I bumped onto Angela's story, and I, I, I thought this is really, really powerful. It wasn't just how smart they all were, that's the IQ, but it was how much they could overcome. It was how much adversity quotient that they had in their lives. How can you overcome when challenges come your way? And Angela wrote a book, and her book is called Grit. And in this book, she, she has a quote for us that I want to share with you. She defines grit. She said, grit is passion and perseverance for the long-term goals, for long-term goals. It's both, I love that definition. It's passion, meaning it's, I'm excited about it. It's not just passion, though. It's, it's perseverance. It's, I'm not going to give up. But it's not just perseverance for a short season, for a week, for a day, for a semester, right? Even for a year. It's not perseverance for a short-term season. It's, it's perseverance for long-term goals. Amen. We're talking about raising a child with special needs. I had a mom of special needs come up to me last night at our, at our Modesto campus and say, God has been speaking to me, and I'd like to know, would it be possible for me to start a group for parents of special needs children that can meet together beginning in the month of June, that we can come together once a week to, to rally with each other? And I said, you know, I think that's a beautiful idea. Let's talk about the logistics of what that looks like. And I said, are you thinking the children would come too? Or she said, yes, because for parents of special needs kids, it's really hard to get childcare for your, for your children because you can't find 
find anybody that can help you with your kids and we'll all come together. And I said, I just got an idea. I don't know if it could work, but what do you think about maybe rallying our church and seeing if there's anybody that would want to come uh, for that hour, hour and a half as maybe an aide to come alongside the parents and say, do you need a, a breather for a second? Or maybe you want to go over there and pray with that other mother and, and I'll watch your children for a few minutes inside this. She said, Pastor, that's exactly what I was hoping that we could do. So the long term, it's the AQ, that adversity quotient. We're talking about serving Jesus when you've got a chronic illness or chronic pain. We're, we're, we're talking about showing back up when it's easier just to walk away. We're talking about the virtue of perseverance. So today I wanna give you a very powerful story from, from God's word that I think can give us faith to go on when it would be easier to just walk away, when it would be easier to just quit. So as you're turning to Joshua chapter six in your Bible, that's where we're gonna be hanging out today, Joshua chapter six. God had given this promise to his children. He had promised them that they were gonna inherit or get this land. And for those of us that are just like, yeah, it's just land. You gotta tend it, you gotta care for it. But it's a big deal to have your land. The land was gonna be flowing with milk and honey. And so God had promised them this land that was rich and robust and, and, and crops could grow on it. They could sustain their families. But they, it all began with this, this conquer they had to do. They had to conquer this city known as Jericho. They had to take a hold of the promise and the way they took a hold of the promise was by conquering this city. Joshua chapter six, verse number one. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because, the Israel, because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. In other words, the people of Jericho inside the city had securely barred themselves in because they were afraid of the Israelites on the outside of the city walls. So you got these big walls and nobody could go in and nobody could go out. Verse number two. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. In other words, this is your assignment. This is what you're gonna do. This is, this is, the, this is the plan. Verse number four. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. The assignment was really pretty simple. Walk around the walls one time a day for six days. On the seventh day, walk around the walls seven times, do, 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 right? And then, ah, and then the walls are gonna come down. That was the assignment. It was pretty, pretty, pretty simple. There was this promise, there was the assignment, there was the strategy. Here's my question. Why do we give up when God has promised us so much? Why do we find it so hard to keep on going and often lose our trust in the promises of God? Why do we give up? Two reasons, number one, our perspective is, is often limited. Jericho wasn't a very big city. In fact, you could walk around the walls of the city in about an hour. So it wasn't that far to walk. Putting that in perspective, um, I walked a 10K with my daughter, Taisha, and with Michael, um, who really was complaining a lot of the walk. I'm just kidding, Martin. 
we had a great time. And, and so we walked, and we, uh, it took us about an, just shy of two hours to walk the six point, whatever, two miles or whatever it is, the, the six miles plus. So if, if you're thinking two hours, then half of that, then it couldn't have been more than three miles around the city, right? So it wasn't very big of a city. The problem wasn't the size of the city. The problem wasn't the city was big. The problem was the walls were so high. The Israelites were so close to their promise. It was just on the other side of the walls. But the walls were so high, it seemed impossible to obtain. Maybe maybe some of you uh, can can relate a little bit. Um, I'm gonna borrow this for a second. Maybe maybe some of you can can relate. You've got a vision for your life or you've got a, a dream for your life, and, and this, this, is where, this is where you're at. This, this, this is where you want to be. But, but it's just so daunting because the walls are just so high. I can't see the promise because all I see is the obstacle. All I see is the wall in my way. All I see is the problem. I can't, I can't even focus or think too much about the blessing on the other side, maybe you want to get out of debt. We're determined. We're going to get out of. I mean, you're so determined with gazelle intensity that you you tattooed Dave Ramsey's face to your shoulder, right? You're just you're so excited about that. You're going to get out of debt, and you're serious about this. And then what happens? Well, your air conditioner breaks into the home, and your transmission goes out. And you, you know what I'm talking about? Out in your car, and you have all these things. You're like, I'm I'm never. The walls are just too high. I'm never going to get out of of debt. Maybe you're gonna be a family where we decided we're going to be a family that honors Jesus. And one of those ways that we're gonna honor Jesus is we're going to be faithful to God's house. We're gonna go to church together as a family. It's like 101, right? We're gonna do that. And so you get up in the morning on a Sunday morning and you rally the troops and the kids that you put to bed on Saturday night were angelic and the kids that you get up on Sunday morning are little demons, right? That's what they are. They're just, they're, the people are at bad attitudes. Everybody seems to be running late and your people are fighting and it just seems like it's just impossible. The walls are just too high. We just can't do this. Maybe you wanna mend a broken relationship, probably with a family member. And you've been wanting to do this for a long time. So you, you strategize and you plan and you pray and, and you, you take them out to dinner. You've got great intentions and then security has to be called at, 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 at Applebee's, right? Because, because you, a fight starts breaking out and voices are raised. And it just seems like in this relationship, the walls are just too incredibly high. You're never gonna, it's just, it's impossible. The problem is we have a very limited perspective. And, and I'd like to review for you, if I could get one of our team members, um, Michael, would you, or somebody, would you come get this for me, please? Thank you. So, um, and put it back if you don't mind. Joshua chapter Chapter six, the first two verses, I, I noticed something about these. Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in, no one came out. And then verse number two, then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. The walls were high, securely barred. No one went in, no one came out. And God says, see, I, I've given it to you. It, it, it's a contradiction. You see, God is the only one who can speak in the past tense before a present reality. He is the only one that can tell you what is when what is isn't yet. 
I wonder if some of you might be in a situation in your own life where God says something different about you than what you see about you right now, where God says something different about you than what you feel about you right now. You, God might say you're healed, but you might say, I feel so broken. God might say you're blessed, and you're, but I feel like, God, you've totally forgotten me. God might say that you're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, but you feel like you are overcome every single day of your existence. Why is that? Could it be that our perspective is, is very limited? Here's what we know about the story, and, and maybe you haven't paid attention to um, before, but the Israelites did not know the end of the story. Joshua was told by God the plan and the strategy. March around one time a day, six days, march around seven times, blow the horns, rash out, and it's all gonna come down, then go take it. The Israelites didn't know that because it doesn't say in the Bible anywhere that Joshua told them the plan that God had told him. They just had to obey. That's much like what Pastor Trin was sharing earlier. We don't know the end of the story. We, we, the, the, the instructions were get up on Monday and I want you to march around the walls. Get up on Tuesday, march around the walls. Get up on Wednesday, march around the walls. Thir Spoiler alert if you don't know the rest of the story, right? On the seventh day, they went around the walls seven times and they shouted and they, they do 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 and, and down come the walls. And that's what, in fact, I was a children's pastor for many years and we raise our daughters and we sing these, the Christian songs that you learn in Sunday school or in kids' church or however whatever your experience was in church as a child. And um, I wasn't raised in church as a child, so I was fascinated by all the songs and, you know, Father Abraham, you know, that, those, how about this song? Y'all remember this song? Uh, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came a-tumbling. Come on now. That is, yes. What a stupid song. If Joshua was here right now, I think he would say, that is a stupid song. Now, don't, not insulting your spiritual heritage for your family, but it's a, it's a, Number one, it's a stupid song because it's, well, it's ridiculous. But number two, it's because there's so much more to the story than what the song says. Can I let you in on a little secret? I was preaching this last night at our, at our Modesto campus, and this is the first time in 26 years of ministry that I've ever had somebody shout out this. I said, I, I said the quote again, I said, because there's so much more to the story than what that little song says. And this man says, hell yeah! <laughs> I, th I thought, I thought, what a, what a great, what a great response. So from now on, you're welcome to, I'm just kidding. You're, why? Because this wasn't a seven day hike. This wasn't a, oh, look at the butterfly, a little jaunt, a, a little walk that they were on. This wasn't, you know, pack your canteen, put on your Spanx, we're going for a little walk, right? This, this was 40 years, 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, wondering, where are you, God? And, and we're ready, and you promised God, but you haven't yet. This was 40 years and seven days of, of, of God. We believe you will, but it's getting really, really hard. It's 40 years and a week of, and we don't wanna give up. We, we, we don't, we don't wanna give up, but we don't see it yet, and we're getting really tired. We wanna have faith, but it's getting hard. Let's make it a modern day story. Let's say his name is Josh. Josh is jacked up. He is messed up. He's addicted to methamphetamines and he is addicted to pornography. And he went for help 
and he goes to rehab and he tries to get clean and he gets clean. And Josh falls off the wagon again. He's struggling with this. So he goes to a seven-step program and a 12-step program and he dials in and he, 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 everybody declares, you're fine now, but Josh was not fine now. And, and finally, Josh gets to a place in his life that he prays and he fasts and, and he asks for support and, and everybody was gonna give up. But finally, Josh finds victory that lasts him the rest of his life. Finally, Josh experiences freedom. So we write a song about it. Josh was addicted to drugs and porn, drugs and porn, drugs and porn. Josh was addicted to drugs and porn. He prayed and now he's fine. What a stupid song. Why is it stupid? Because there's so much more to it. When you look at others and you see the success and you see them maybe taking their victory lap, their praise lap in life, we don't know the price they paid for that. We don't, we don't know the pain that they endured for that. We don't know the story behind the story. You can't even imagine the times of private battles and personal sacrifice for someone who continues to believe God, even though they do not see the promise fulfilled that God has given. He assures them that it's going to come true, but it hasn't come true yet. That is perseverance. That's the price. It's the private cost. Why do we give up? Well, number one, so often our perspective is limited, but number two, and I'll close with this, our progress isn't always obvious. I'll show you, show you in scripture, verse number 10. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, let this, look at this, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the, ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them. The rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. And they did this ridiculous assignment for six days. I don't know if you can imagine the frustration. You're not, you're not doing something that, that, that seems like it's got a point. You're doing something that seems pointless. You're walking around. Who are these people walking around? These are trained soldiers. These are Navy SEALs. They've been trained for battle. They, they, they're ready for the fight. They're warriors. They're ready for war. And God has them taking a morning stroll every day, walk around the cities for a couple of miles. Joshua says, don't say a word. Joshua says, shut up. That's what Joshua says to all the people. Now, I don't know why for sure, but I wonder if maybe Joshua knows that if he allows the people to talk, if he allows the, uh, the people to speak, that, that their, their words could be their own worst enemy. If you were allowed to speak and you were one of these trained soldiers walking around doing this assignment from God, somebody's gonna say, dude, bro, this is stupid. Somebody, somebody's gonna say, has Joshua lost his mind? Somebody's, I ain't doing this every day. This isn't, remember, they don't know how long this is gonna last. As far as they can see, they're supposed to do this every day forever. 40 years we've been serving God and nothing has happened. Oh, my feet are hurting. 
somebody's gonna start complaining. I don't wanna do this stuff. Where is God? He hasn't come through for us so far. Somebody might say to somebody else, and therefore he's probably not gonna come through at all. That's why sometimes we can learn from God's word. You need to tell yourself to shut up and just keep on doing what God told you to do. Sometimes you gotta preach to yourself and say, Troy, shut your trap and just keep on marching. Shut your trap and just keep on trusting. Just keep on praying. Just keep on loving that unlovable person in your life. Keep on forgiving. Don't you say a word, but you just keep on forgiving. When everybody else wants to run away, Keep on marching. Sometimes you gotta preach to yourself. Flesh, I do, not, I do not believe you. I am choosing faith. Circumstances, I do not believe you. I am choosing God. I am not walking by sight. I am walking by faith. Shut up feelings. I am trusting my great and mighty God. Remember, Joshua was in the process. He told the people, he said, listen, um, it's gonna take, it's gonna take, seven days. He didn't tell the people that. The people had no idea how long it was gonna take. For all they knew, it was gonna last for a long, long time. Just like you might be thinking it's gonna last for a long, long time. It gets very frustrating when there's no end in sight. How many would agree? When you can't see the end game. When you're doing the right thing and the right thing just doesn't seem to make a difference. It's so much easier for us to honor God It's easier to do what's right. It's easier to stay the course when you feel like the work that you're doing is paying off. You can stay pure in your singleness if you knew God was gonna send you a hottie in the next six months, right? You could deal with your your spouse's addiction if you knew God would heal that addiction by Christmas time. In other words, you can take the pain when you know God is still working, when there's a payoff. But maybe God, maybe God is building your faith. Maybe he is teaching you to depend upon him even when you do not see the results. He's building your faith. What I've discovered, and I think many of you have, is, is God is more interested in doing something in you than he is doing something for you. That's, that's my story. Got to tell you, I feel so much like throwing in the towel. I mean, I really want to throw the towel in. Um, and I'm talking to God, and I'm saying, God, I'm I'm done and I'm gonna throw it in. And I feel like I hear my God say to me, "Um, you can throw the towel in. It's your call. Or you could pick that towel up, you can wipe the sweat off your brow, and you can get back to marching, my son. You have the choice. So what what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You're gonna quit? Are you going to keep on persevering? Maybe you've been faithful to God for a long time. But you're not seeing the promise. The promise might be closer than you think. There's a lady by the name of Florence Chadwick. We're going to show you a picture of Florence on the, on the screen. Florence was the first woman to swim the English Channel both ways. 
powerhouse swimmer, Florence Chadwick. And in 1952, many years ago, Chadwick decided that she was going to attempt something new, something nobody had ever done before. She decided that she is gonna do the 26-mile swim between the California coastline and Catalina Island. Now, some of us have taken a cruise, right, to Catalina, right? So you take a nice big ship and it takes you a little while. She's gonna swim the 26 miles from the California coastline all the way to Catalina. It's a grueling swim. And when she's swimming this, a very heavy fog set in and, and she lost her bearing. She has a little boat next to her, but a very heavy fog uh, settled in and she couldn't really see what was going on. She became confused, she became exhausted, she became discouraged, and she wanted to get in the dinghy. She wanted to get in the boat. And they kept on hollering at her, keep swimming, keep swimming, keep swimming, keep swimming. She couldn't take it anymore. She finally threw in the towel and she, she got inside the boat. And when she got inside the boat, she realized she could then hear. The water was no longer in her ears and she's in the boat and she can hear the thousands of people on Catalina Island cheering for her to finish strong, finish strong, keep on swimming. You can do this. And she had gotten in the boat and she had quit. She didn't realize that the shore was only a quarter of a mile away. She had gone 25 and three quarters miles, but she had quit one quarter of a mile because she couldn't see on the other side of the wall. She couldn't see on the other side of the obstacle. And you may be like this, you may be closer than you think. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. James chapter one, verse number 12. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive that which he has promised to you. You may be walking for a long time. Maybe it's healing that you need. Maybe it's some kind of healing you need. Jesus, I am begging you to heal. Heal me, heal my child, heal my spouse. God, I'm begging you for healing. And you've, you've, you've done the lap, you've walked around and you're begging him. You're like, Jesus, would you please heal? Please heal. And now your calves are starting to hurt a little bit. But you know he said to march again. And so you get up the next day and you're praying and you're saying, Jesus, please, please heal. Please take this pain and this discomfort, this agony away from me. And you ask him to do it and you keep on praying. You took the other lap. And the third day, you're like, I don't wanna do this, but my God said to do this and this doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm taking the lap and I'm marching around. By the fourth day, now you're ticked off. Now you're just flat out mad and you just wanna give it to God. And so you do, you start giving it to God, but something inside of you makes your legs go forward and you keep on marching anyway, even though you're trying to give it to God. By the time you get to the fifth day, man, you're falling down and you do not wanna get up, but there's something inside of you that raises you up and your feet start walking again and you go around on the fifth day and you finally get to the sixth day and you're so discouraged and you're so upset and you're so frustrated and you are so tired, but you keep on walking. This is the message I have for you today. Don't quit on six. Don't quit on six. Don't do it. Don't stop. Don't you quit on your marriage? Don't you quit believing for your children? Don't you walk away from your ministry? Don't you abandon your church? 
Don't you leave God. Do not quit on six. You may be much closer than you think. You can throw in the towel or you, you can pick it up and you can wipe the sweat off your brow. You can wipe the tears from your face, but don't you quit on six. You keep on walking, keep on trusting, keep on praying. Shut your mouth and just obey. You may be closer than you think. Whenever you feel like quitting, you feel like throwing in the towel. The Bible tells us in the book of Galatians, chapter six, verse number nine. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us not become weary in doing good. Let us not become weary in the march not become weary in faith, not become weary in praying, not become weary in believing, not become weary in trusting. We need to hang on when everybody else says, just let go. This is for you today. Don't quit on six. Don't quit on God. The devil wants more than anything for you to throw in that towel. Just release it. Just let it go. He wants you to quit. Jesus took the towel. My, my God, if there be any other way. Jesus took the towel on that same day. I'm gonna just wash some feet with this towel. This towel that the enemy wants me to throw in. Not only am I not gonna throw it in, I'm gonna use it for the glory of God. I'm gonna start serving somebody else when I feel like I should be the one to be served. I'm gonna start serving somebody else when I feel like I'm the one that should be pampered. I'm the one that should be cared for. You will reap a harvest if you don't give up. My God, we come before you today, thanking you for your word. Thanking you, God, that you are in control. Thank you, God, that you have us in the center of the palm of your hand. Ladies and gentlemen, if you feel like quitting in an area of your life, don't quit. Let us, let us stand with you. Let us support you. Let us pray for you. So here's what we're gonna do. We've already had an altar call today but I just want a response that will take us less than two minutes. When I count to three, if you've got an area, you've got the towel in your hand, you're ready to quit. You need God. You need the unction of the Spirit of the Lord to remind you. You need the Spirit of God to speak to you. You need to close your mouth and continue to practice having faith. Then when I get to three, I want you to stand up and I want you to walk forward and I want you to go to the cross. I notice over there it says, yes, yes, by the cross. I say, yes to Jesus and, and no matter what Jesus offers hope that's what you're walking toward that's what you're taking your stand on I won't throw in this towel I will not quit on six I will persevere to the end and I will reap a harvest for it one two three stand up now come on now if you've been tempted to quit stand don't let the devil have a victory today march over to the cross declare that I will not quit I will not throw in the towel I will not stop I will not pack up God I will trust you all the days of my life. Jesus, Jesus, this is our step of faith right now, God. No matter what, Jesus offers us hope, mighty God. So while you're over at the cross, just slip your hands up to the Lord and surrender it to God. Say, God, I give this, whatever this is to you, fresh and anew, God. You take control. You take it, God. Lord, help me. I am so desperate for your help, God. Help me, God, to wipe the sweat off my brow. 
to serve other people and to never, ever quit. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. people are tired. We need your help today, God. Jesus. God, we pray. We ask for your help, God. Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for meeting us here from the beginning to the end of this gathering. May we walk out of this place empowered and strengthened for the journey and the task that is at hand. God, use us in a mighty way. God, we pray that you would help us go before us. Gird us, we pray. Put that hedge of protection upon us, around us. I pray, God, for the seniors that will be leaving tomorrow morning, the 12 from our New Life family that will be traveling to Cincinnati tomorrow to be able to go to the Ark and the Creation Museum and a ball game and just have fellowship and fun and devotions together. I pray, God, for safety and for health and for, for favor. I pray, God, that uh, there be no anxiety about this. I pray, God, that you would help us to create lasting and wonderful memories. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our life, in our church, in our families. We give you praise for that. And we will not quit on six. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you rest and may he give you peace. God bless you, New Life Church. Have a wonderful week. You're dismissed.